This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. In today's headlines, the latest news on former President Trump's arraignment. We have a reporter on the ground and speak with an expert about what today means for Americans. A Yahoo News reporter cites an anonymous source with details on the charges against Trump. Find out what they allege is in the sealed indictment and how Trump responded. A Virginia teacher shot by her six-year-old student wants the school board and leadership to pay. She says they ignored repeated warnings and is taking her case to court. More violence at a holiday hotspot in Mexico. This time, authorities say four people were found dead near a beach outside a renowned Cancun resort. And NASA names the four astronauts participating in the upcoming Artemis II mission. It will mark the first lunar mission in half a century. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Good morning. I'm Evelyn Lee. Today's Tuesday, April 4th. Big day today. Today is the first arraignment of a former U.S. president in the nation's history. Former President Trump is heading to the courthouse in Manhattan for booking and arraignment. New York Supreme Court Justice Juan Mershon is the judge presiding over Trump's case. He ruled last night that media outlets will not be allowed to broadcast from inside the courtroom. And five pool photographers will be allowed in before the arraignment begins, but they will only be allowed to take still photographs for several minutes. NTD's reporter Melina Wisecup is on the ground at the Manhattan Courthouse. Melina, good morning. What's the atmosphere like right down there right now? Hi, Kevin. Yeah, it's pretty intense out here as far as media presence and security is concerned. So there is a ton of media, a bunch of journalists as well, are lined the sidewalk waiting to go inside the courthouse. Uh, this media presence has been here for the past couple of days, just waiting for this moment, marking this moment in history. And actually, for about 15 minutes, it just left, but there was a helicopter flying overhead, uh, hovering there for about 15 minutes, which, which is exactly what we saw yesterday when Trump arrived at Trump Tower. Yes, a historic day. And can you give us a timeline of the events that are set to take place today? Yeah, for sure. So like I mentioned, there was just a helicopter above head. Uh, you know, Trump's appointment is not until 2.15, but he is expected to get here a bit earlier. And we have heard that he could possibly get here as early as this morning. And th th those, um, those speculations have kind of heightened now that we're seeing this helicopter kind of hover over us. Uh, as far as what we can expect to see timeline-wise, like I said, Trump will be here for his appointment at 2.15 a little bit earlier. He will first meet with the DA, um, and then he will continue to uh, be arraigned. And what can you tell us about the legal proceedings today? Yes, yeah, so as far as the optics, it's pretty unclear exactly what we can expect to see logistically. This is a special case. It, like you mentioned, it is the first time in American history that a president has been charged with crimes. Trump's lawyer says that he does not expect Trump to be handcuffed. However, he could. we could see a mugshot. We could see them um, 
we could see a mugshot, but we could also see them do fingerprinting. That mugshot, if it does happen, it's unclear whether or not that will happen because of security measures, but they will be very tight on the security end of that because that's their main concern around whether or not to take that photo of former President Trump. And also with the indictment. So as of right now to this moment, the indictment is still under seal. So we don't know exactly what charges the former president is being charged with. So we will expect to see that indictment released sometime today, hopefully a little bit before Trump comes in for his uh, his appearance at 2.15. But right now, this is all up in the air. And Melina, can you elaborate on how no TV cameras are allowed in the courtroom? Yeah, for sure. So Trump's lawyers had been had been fighting the media presence inside the courtroom, saying that they feel like it would exacerbate an already circus-like atmosphere is the wording that his lawyer used. So last night, the judge made a decision on media presence in the courtroom, so it will not be broadcasted live by TV networks. However, like you mentioned in your intro, five still photographers will be allowed at the top of the arraignment to take a couple of photos to mark this moment in history. So that's what we have for you this morning, Kevin. That's the latest. Very valuable update. Melina, thank you so much. New York City officials are bracing for former President Donald Trump's arraignment today. The city is expecting protests as well as potential disruption to daily life. The NYPD ordered every employee to report in full uniform yesterday, which included roughly 36,000 officers and 19,000 civilian employees. Merrick Eric Adams cautioned people who are coming to New York to protest Trump's indictment. He specifically mentioned Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, who said she will travel to New York to protest. Here's what the mayor said. While there may be some rabble-rousers thinking about coming to our city tomorrow, our message is clear and simple. Control yourselves. New York City is our home, not a playground for your misplaced anger. NTD will have live coverage of events and analysis on Trump's case today in just a few hours. The special coverage starts at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We'll be live outside the Manhattan Courthouse, so don't forget to tune in. That's 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time today. And there's been another apparent leak in the Manhattan DA's investigation. Yahoo News reported last night that a source gave them information on the charges against Trump. Entity's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the leak and Trump's reaction to it. 34 felony counts for falsification of business records. That's what Yahoo News reported an anonymous source told them Monday night. The source was allegedly privy to the procedures for Trump's arraignment. They also said Trump will not be handcuffed, have his mugshot taken, or be put into a cell during the proceedings. That's because they say Trump is not considered a flight risk with his entourage of Secret Service or a threat to the DA. NTD was not able to independently verify the report from Yahoo. Leaking confidential grand jury information is a Class E felony under New York law. Trump responded to the Yahoo report on social media. He called for Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg to immediately indict himself and resign. Trump also says he knows the reporter, and unfortunately, Bragg does too. The Yahoo reporter with the unnamed source is Michael Isikoff. He's the outlet's chief investigative correspondent. Isikoff was the first to report on claims in the now-debunked Steele dossier. That's the widely discredited document used by the FBI under the Obama administration to obtain a spy warrant on members of the Trump 2016 presidential campaign. Former special counsel Robert Mueller was unable to verify any of the dossier's 100-plus key allegations during his nearly two-year-long investigation. The dossier was found to have been paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee. 
Falsifying business records is a misdemeanor under New York law. The Yahoo source says the DA's office pushed all the charges up to Class E felonies, alleging the moves were made to conceal another crime. What that alleged crime is remains unknown. The indictment is still sealed until Trump's legal team gets it during the arraignment. Bragg's office did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Trump's lawyer Joe Tacopina says they plan to file a motion to dismiss the charges based on selective prosecution and prosecutorial misconduct. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. There's a new addition to Trump's legal team. He hired former federal prosecutor and criminal defense lawyer Todd Blanche yesterday. Blanche will be Trump's lead counsel during the case. Blanche resigned from one of the country's most prestigious law firms to represent Trump. He says he decided it's the best thing to do and an opportunity he shouldn't pass up. Trump's other lawyers in the case are Susan Nicholas and Joe Takapina. Blanche has represented Paul Manafort and Igor Fruman in the past. Blanche got charges from the Manhattan DA's office against Manafort dropped. And joining us now for more is Will Sharf. He is a former federal prosecutor and candidate for Missouri Attorney General. Good morning, Will. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you. Now, we're waiting to see Trump's arraignment today, but what are the possible legal outcomes of this indictment that we could see? Yeah, it's look, it's a very dark day for American democracy. Uh, this is an example of a, of a politically motivated prosecution that I think you would expect to see in countries like China and countries like Russia. Uh, but instead, we see it here in the United States of America, where, uh, where we expect the rule of law uh, to, to be upheld, and where in this case, we're not seeing that. I think the most likely result for the president is that either this case is dismissed uh, or that he ends up winning at trial. Uh, but I'm much more concerned about the longer-term ramifications for American democracy and what this case pretends for the future of the rule of law. And we definitely want to get into that later on, but um, also, what about the other Trump-related investigations? You know, could they also result in indictments now? You know, we've seen the left investigate President Trump since before the 2016 election, and certainly since then. Uh, most of that has ended up coming to nothing. There's an ongoing investigation into Georgia, into so-called election interference, uh, relating to, to phone calls that President Trump made to election officials and state officials after the 2020 election. Uh, folks on the left seem very excited about that investigation. But I think overall, the, the, you know, as a former prosecutor, we always started with a crime and then tried to identify and prosecute a defendant. Here, leftist prosecutors seem to have identified a defendant they wanted to get, namely President Trump, and now they're proceeding to try to try to find crimes. And that's totally backwards and totally the opposite of the way things should be done. Mm. Now, let's go back to the ramifications that you mentioned. Please explain what you meant by that. The, the powers of prosecution and the powers of law and order uh, shouldn't be used lightly. And what we've seen throughout history is that in, in republics and in democracies, uh, when prosecutorial tools are used the way that they're now using law against the president, things tend to go off the rails pretty quickly. In your previous segment, you talked about how Marjorie Taylor Greene and other Republicans are planning a protest in New York. We've seen, obviously, with Antifa and leftist protest movements, just how quickly things have, in previous years, gotten violent in the streets of America. 
I think we're we're potentially entering an era where the law and order that we expect in American cities will face a more comprehensive breakdown. And I think that leftist abuses of the criminal justice system to go after their political opponents like President Trump uh, are just a, a very negative sign and a sign of potentially much worse things to come. Mm. Thank you so much for your analysis and getting up early with us today. Will Sharp, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Trump has raised $8 million since his indictment. The former president is giving remarks tonight at Mar-a-Lago after the arraignment. That's scheduled to start at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll be live streaming at ntd.com. That's right. The Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg is holding a press conference around 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It will be live streamed on their website. Our live coverage outside the Manhattan Courthouse starts at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can tune in throughout the day to catch the latest updates right here on NTD. And coming up, a Virginia teacher who was shot in her own classroom by a six-year-old student is now suing the school board and staff members for negligence. And NASA names the four astronauts participating in the upcoming Artemis II mission. It will mark the first lunar mission in half a century. More after the break. Good to have you back with us. A fugitive and former top aide to former Maryland Governor Larry Hogan was killed yesterday in Tennessee after a confrontation with the FBI. Roy McGrath was wanted for failing to appear in court last month on fraud charges. McGrath had pleaded not guilty to charges of wire fraud and falsification of records in October 2021. The FBI later offered a $10,000 reward leading to his arrest. The exact circumstances of his death remain unclear. He was reportedly shot, but it was uncertain whether it was self-inflicted or by federal agents. McGrath was appointed chief of staff to the Republican former governor in 2020. A Virginia teacher who was shot and seriously wounded by her six-year-old student filed a lawsuit Monday. She's seeking $40 million in damages. The teacher accuses school officials of gross negligence and of ignoring multiple warnings the day of the shooting. They were reportedly told that the boy was armed and in a violent mood. First grade teacher Abby Zwerner was shot in the hand and chest in January as she sat at a reading table in her classroom. The 25-year-old teacher spent nearly two weeks in the hospital and required four surgeries. The lawsuit names as defendants former Superintendent George Parker III, former Principal Brianna Foster Newton and former Assistant Principal Ebony Parker. The local prosecutor said last month that the boy will not be charged. In other news, Florida Senate passed a bill on Monday to outlaw most abortions after six weeks of pregnancy. The bill makes exceptions for rape, incest, and cases where the mother's life or physical health are at serious risk. The move brings the state a step closer to joining others across the South and banning almost all abortions. Florida currently has a law banning abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Republicans in the State House and Senate both filed bills last month to restrict the procedure further, starting at six weeks of pregnancy. A six-week ban is likely to become law since Republicans control the House, Senate, and Governor's chair in Florida. Four people were killed in front of one of the most famous hotels in Cancun, Mexico. Officials say two people were arrested for their possible involvement in the deaths. Authorities say those arrested were mixed up in the drug trade. The bodies were found yesterday. A hotel guest says he heard 10 or 12 shots fired at around 10 in the morning. 
He says guests were afraid and had to search for cover. All the deceased were Mexicans. The State Department has urged Americans to exercise increased caution when visiting Mexico's Caribbean resorts. That warning followed a deadly kidnapping near the U.S.-Mexico border in early March. That's also after an American tourist was shot in the leg last week near Cancun. The U.S. will be expanding its military presence in the Philippines. The country just announced four new bases for the U.S. military in an effort to counter the Chinese regime. The Philippine government on Monday announced the location of the four new bases. The sites include a Navy base and an airport in Cagayan Province, a camp in Isabela Province, and the island of Balabac near Palawan. U.S. forces are allowed to be stationed indefinitely. Locations are significant. Isabella and Cagayan are directly opposite Taiwan, while Palawan is near the disputed Spratly Islands in the South China Sea. The Chinese regime has built artificial islands there, equipped with runways and missile systems. The announcement came amid fury from the Chinese regime. They argued the new bases would provide U.S. forces with a staging ground close to southern China and Taiwan. And Australia has banned TikTok from all federal government-owned devices over security concerns. The country has joined several other Western nations in the move, including the U.S., Canada, Britain, and New Zealand. The state of Victoria will also ban the app on state government-owned phones. The ban follows concerns that the Chinese regime could use the Beijing-based company to harvest data to advance a political agenda. TikTok said it was extremely disappointed by Australia's decision and added that it should not be singled out. The ban will come into effect as soon as feasible. Exemptions would only be granted on a case-by-case basis and with appropriate security measures in place. And more international news, but this time in Finland, the country is set to become a member of NATO today. The move completes a historic security policy shift triggered by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. NATO will welcome Finland as its 31st member in a flag-raising ceremony at NATO headquarters outside Brussels. The Turkish parliament was at the last among the 30 members to approve Finland's membership. Sweden also applied to join NATO last year, but Sweden's application has been held up by Turkey and Hungary. Meanwhile, Finland's Prime Minister Sanna Marin lost her re-election bid on Sunday. Her Social Democratic Party was defeated in a razor-thin general election by conservative parties. Marin received some backlash earlier this year. Video footage showed the Prime Minister dancing and partying with friends. Opposition leaders demanded she take a drug test. NASA on Monday named a four-member team to venture on the next lunar mission. Artemis II would be the first manned voyage around the moon in more than 50 years. Here's Entity's Cost M&S. The Artemis II Quartet was introduced at a pep rally-like event televised from Johnson Space Center in Houston. Journalists, local elementary school students and space industry leaders attended the event. Artemis II will mark the debut manned flight but not a lunar landing of an Apollo successor program. It will be a four-day journey going a quarter of a million miles, continuing to test out every bit of Orion, going around the far side of the moon, heading home, going through the Earth's atmosphere at over 25,000 miles per hour and splashing down in the Pacific. The flight will be undertaken by three American veteran astronauts, as well as one Canadian rookie. The initial Artemis 1 mission was successfully completed in December 2022, 
on an unmanned test flight that lasted 25 days. It marked the inaugural launch of NASA's powerful next-generation mega-rocket and its newly built Orion spacecraft. The objective of the upcoming Artemis II mission is to demonstrate that all of Orion's systems will operate as designed on a manned flight. If successful, NASA plans to follow a few years later with an unprecedented landing on the Moon's South Pole with astronauts on Artemis III. Further manned missions would follow about once a year. Cost MNS, NTD News. Coming up, Shen Yun Performing Arts is now touring the New York metropolitan area. Hear what audience members had to say after a performance in New Brunswick. And a pony leads lasso-wielding police on a hot pursuit through an Alabama neighborhood. We'll have that and more when we return. Welcome back. Shen Yun Performing Arts stopped in New Brunswick over the weekend. It was the first performance of the New York metropolitan area. Theater goers appreciated the beauty of the performance and the culture it presents. Let's take a look. Shen Yun starts its tour in the tri-state area with four performances in New Brunswick, New Jersey from March 30th to April 1st. I love the show. It's absolutely beautiful. I've never seen anything like it. It's unbelievable. I mean, the colors are beautiful. It's uplifting, and then I'm crying. I mean, it's just a really beautiful, beautiful show. Beautiful. This is absolutely amazing. It's gorgeous. Uh, the tradition, the, uh, the dancing, the costumes, unbelievable. The state of New Jersey presented a joint legislation resolution recognizing Shinyun Performing Arts. The city's mayor also honored the group with an award. What's more, theater goers shared their appreciation of Xin Yun's mission to bring back traditional Chinese culture from before communism. I think it's a very valuable mission that has to be completed. Um, I think it's important that um, everyone knows that no government has the right to destroy anyone's culture. They pointed out that the values shown in the performance are spiritual and universal. I thought there was a tremendous amount of energy and I think that it sort of, you know, relates to all religions and all cultures and all feelings of divinity. It's important to, to follow your faith. You have to understand that we all have a creator and that evolution and atheism really isn't the truth. Beyond the artists, audience members commended Shen Yun's production crew. Many added they would recommend the performance to others. So I can't wait to let everyone know what we think. I would recommend it to everyone. It's a beautiful show. It really is. I would absolutely recommend this show. I go to Broadway often, and this is unlike anything we typically see, so it's a wonderful thing to come and see. Starting this Thursday, Shen Yun will take to the stage at New York City's Lincoln Center for 13 performances through April 16th. NTD News, New Brunswick, New Jersey. You know, Evelyn, Shen Yun is actually coming to New York City on Thursday. That's good to know because it's finally our turn then, huh? Ah, that's We've right. We've been seeing so much about it. Yeah. All right, moving on to the next story now. A pony suspect led police on a stray pony chase through an Alabama neighborhood last month. Police released body cam footage of the foot chase after officers responded to reports of a horse hanging out in a residential area. Three officers tried to catch the pony in a low-speed foot pursuit. 
They followed him up and down driveways and through backyards for nearly two hours. A handy policewoman almost had a lasso around the elusive pony's neck before he wiggled away again. The pony eventually allowed himself to be taken into custody and was happy to get pets and pose for selfies. The owner of the runaway horse was later found by police and the pony was identified as four-year-old Knight. An update video shows Knight happy and healthy and chasing around his pig buddy. Oh yeah, she was pretty good with that lasso. Would you think you'd be able to catch him? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but so close yet so far, right? Yeah. That update video was a nice touch though by the police. Mm -hmm. Knight sure looked like he was having fun with his piggy friend. Yeah, pretty elusive pony. <laughs> all right, that's all for today's program. We'd love to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and your story at goodmorning at ntd.com. So shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.